up whatever you want toll-free. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that's freetalklive.com. So, interesting story, literally just moments before the show started. We've, uh, We've had people call the show before and complain about the... The buyer cards, the store, grocery store cards that, you know, you give them your address and your name and all that, and then they give you the discount for using the card, right? Mm -hmm. You know, people are concerned, oh, I don't want the pet store knowing what I'm buying. or you know, The grocery store. What do they need to know that crap for? Yeah, I don't want them to know I'm buying liquor or tampons or, you know, whatever it is that, uh, that people are concerned that... You know, this evil corporation is, is going to know. Right. I got one uh, not too long ago, about a year ago, uh, at a grocery store, and I didn't want people knowing that information, so I made, made up a bunch of fake information. Uh, Captain America, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> gave them – I actually gave them the right address, but it's a, it's a P.O. box anyway. Or not a P.O. box, but a mail for a private mailbox. So. Well, I have done that in the past, but uh, this particular time – and the one in question here was uh, a pet store. And so I, I did I did put my information on this one. And it turned out it came in quite a bit of uh, it came in quite handy, as apparently Julia had lost her set of keys recently, mm-hmm. like a couple days ago, and she thought she'd found them or something. But I don't know. She was half asleep when I asked her that question, so that might explain why she didn't think she had still lost them. But anyway, my point here is one of the neighbors happened to be walking outside. They found the keys. It was nowhere near. My house, apparently. Hmm. So it must have fallen out of the door of a car or something. I don't know what the explanation is. Oh, it was is. relatively near your house. Yeah, she said it was down the street a little ways. Well, she, she, Julia probably went for a jog, and then the uh, keys popped out or something. Yeah, and that might have been it. So, yeah, that's probably exactly what it was. Yep. Excellent deduction. If it, I was Julia, I'd jog more often. Anything to get away from me. Anything. <laughs> just, just get me out of here. So, uh, so what they did was they, they went to the pet store because one of those little tags was on the keys, and they told them the name of the person who owned it. The pet store told them, yeah. uh, told the uh, the finders. Right, right. And so then they just did you know a, a, a phone lookup, basically, for, for the name and called and said, hey, there you go. we've got your keys. So, I mean, any other time, you know, 10 years ago, those, those keys would not have been returned, most likely. Sa- saved you some trouble. Yeah. Well, you're lucky somebody with good intentions found the keys and traced you. Because, well, that's true. Yeah, they could have opened the door and robbed your house without breaking in. Yeah, the nice the nice uh, little little lady that uh, brought them in didn't look mu- like much of a robber. And I'm of the opinion, you're right, Wayne, uh, we don't want to give people temptations that they don't need, but I'm of the opinion that the vast majority of people out there want to help you know that they're good people and it's and, true. and they want to help you. So plus we're in Keene. Most places the doors are open anyway. Right. <laughs> it's not hard yeah. to get into. Uh, there's not a lot of crime here, and that's hopefully it'll stay that way. Right. Well, you know, I keep I keep mine uh, actually open, but the infrared uh, machine gun is is aimed right at the door. <laughs> so if if you it doesn't DNA and the killer you properly, attack kitty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no. But you know, you know, I want to get back to the, those frequent shopper uh, programs they have because, yeah. in many ways, I kind of see them as as sort of like prostituting your privacy for a little discount. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, when you go to a grocery store and they ask if you have a card, I always say, "Oh, my wife has it," so they swipe theirs for I me. I precisely say just the same thing, Do but you? the chances are good that she does. <laughs> yeah, mine too. So uh, I understand. It's just that I don't really care. It's a business. It doesn't I, bother me. I haven't seen anything what... bad happen as a result. Um, you know, now 
who knows? Obviously, these companies are not, uh, you know, uh, you know, the phone companies and uh, the internet companies have all been seemed, except for Google, seem to have worked with the government uh, pr- pretty closely in order to give people's uh, private information away. But, but the government if, can basically find any of that information they need from me anyhow. No, you're right. But even if they didn't share it with people you didn't want to. It can be broken into by an employee mm-hmm. or a hacker because you don't know what their data security is for that company. Or so they find out I like chicken. No, there, mean, well, there's other information on you in there besides your 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 buying preferences. Really? Yeah. D- doesn't it? Sides address. Social security number. No. None of them ask for a social they, security. Well, they number. used to. Well, you don't have to fill out. I mean, yeah. as you said, you can just fill out garbage information if you want to. Sure. So. You know, again, like I said, I've done that before. It's just that I came to the point where I don't really care that much. Either way, I'll sometimes do it garbage info. Sometimes I'll do it legitimate. Yeah, whatever. Depending on how I feel about the store. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So there you go. A little uh, positive story about uh, how that worked out for me. 800-259-9231. Now then, uh, moving on to a story from last night we didn't get to. Boston. An update on a situation we talked about a few months ago. Boston police officials, according to Boston.com, surprised by intense opposition from residents, have significantly scaled back and delayed the start of a program that would allow officers to go into people's homes. Oh, really? And search for guns. People are surprised at that? Without a warrant. The, the, the police the are surprised, surprised that uh, people wouldn't, wouldn't just want uh, cops coming into their houses. Especially in the ghetto, which is where this particular project was going to be focused. Because you can guarantee that these coppers were not going to be going poking around in multi-million dollar estates. The program, dubbed Safe Homes, was supposed to start in December, but it's been delayed at least three times because of misgivings in the community. March 1st was the latest missed start date. One community group has been circulating a petition against the plan. Police officials trying to assuage residents' fears have been drowned out by criticism at some meetings with residents and elected officials. Officers may begin knocking on doors this week, officials said yesterday, but instead of heading into four troubled neighborhoods as they had planned, officers will only target one where police say they've received the most support. Police would ask parents or legal guardians for permission to search homes where juveniles ages 17 and under are believed to be holding illegal guns. Police would only enter homes into which they've been invited, and once inside would only search the rooms of the juveniles. Unless they see a bong sitting out, right. I bet that'll change the situation. Absolutely would. So, we talked about this before, and there's a little more to the story. We'll get to uh, to that, but... To think that the cops are just going to come up and rap, rap on your door and say, oh, is Mrs. Johnson home? Oh, hi, Mrs. Johnson. We're here just because your son, Curtis, he's uh, he's under suspicion of possessing a firearm. And, you know, we'd really like it if you we're were just to stop, a, cr- stop crime around here. Yeah, if, if you just allow us in your house, we just want to poke around through Curtis's room, look through his stuff. Is that all right with you? No. Well, it's not going to be phrased in that way. Right. What they're going to say is, Mrs. Johnson, we have to come to your son. We have to go check your son's room for illegal firearms. Right. We have suspicion your son is harboring illegal firearms, and we need to check his. We need to check out his room. And then they'll start walking towards the door. Right. You know, they'll they'll put a foot in the door basically, and almost push their way in. And what'll happen is, people are trained. Many people are trained to be subservient to so-called authority. And so, if the police are saying something like, "We need to search his room." It sounds very. Uh, it sounds very authoritative. It we're going to have to ask you to let us in. Now, yeah, we're going to. That's that's usually how they phrase it. We're going to have to ask you to allow us to search his room, or we're going to have to ask you. I like that. Let us in. And 
So they will. Please step aside, Mrs. Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Please. That's great. We have reason to believe. So the, the, the person will step aside. The door will swing open, and they'll say, okay. And they'll walk, you know, they'll walk right in, and they won't know they could have said no. They won't have any idea about that. And then if their son or daughter or whoever it is gets brought up on gun charges, well, who's going to, uh, you know, uh, I, <laughs> are the cops that, uh, you know, are they going to confiscate the guns and, and give Junior a stern talking to? You know, no. This 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 is the parents' there's gonna be charges, to, right? There's going to be charges. The parents are going to have to pay for the lawyer if if they don't um if they have the money, and if they don't have the money, they're going to be the ones um you know sending money to little Johnny in uh, in prison because believe it or every time somebody goes to prison, it costs the family, it costs all of us, but uh, it costs the family more. In fact, the commissioner, uh, let's see, Davis, blah blah blah, critics say the searches are unconstitutional. And that police will not guarantee that residents would face no criminal charges if guns or drugs were uh, were found. Yeah, I wonder why they wouldn't uh, right. guarantee that. Because that's their job. You see, you have to understand what, something what else about the cops. What could they do? Well, they could say, well, I suppose they could just confiscate just the guns. Take, take the gun and say thank you very much, and uh, you know, we'd like to talk to Curtis. You know, we'd like to talk to your son and you know, sit down with him and have a little chat. They could do that, but that would require them to actually be a little more on the caring side as opposed to just people enforcing the law. And what their job is, is not to keep you safe or protect you. Their job is to put people, bodies, in cells. Right. To put warm bodies in cells. That's what they do. So don't let these people in. Don't even open the door. But there's more to this story. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. What would you say to the cops if they came to your door like this? Would you even answer it? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy them on us, including the updates. Get on the list. Head on over to updates.freetalklive.com, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh that you need to know about the show. Go to updates.freetalklive.com. It's free, of course, like everything on our website, it's updates.freetalklive.com. So we were talking about a situation uh, in Boston that has been developing over the last few months. Now, it was actually supposed to start back in December, this safe homes program, where the cops are going to go to probably low-rent neighborhoods, uh, ghetto areas, and they are going to target certain homes based on suspicion of the teenagers there. So I don't know really what that means the cops somehow come across an allegation, perhaps, that the young uh, man or lady living at that household would be in possession of a gun. And that will be their excuse to approach the door and probably pound on it. Uh, and then, you know, have the, uh, the the person on the inside come up to the door and then they'll say something authoritative like, uh, Mrs. Johnson, we're here to investigate your son for possible gun possession. We're going to have to ask you to allow us inside. And then the person will step uh, will step aside, allow the cops in, and then it's open season. Open season on anything in your house, whether it be uh, an actual gun in the possession of your teenager or whether it be, you know, a, a smoking implement uh, for drug use that just happens to be sitting out. Right. You or know, they find that in his top drawer instead. That's another thing here is uh, this this program, it's, it's not even as good as a search warrant um, in, in the sense that, you know, say they're coming to look for, uh, well, we believe that uh, little Tyrone has been, been in possession of a, a weapon that was used in a homicide. 
just it's a belief they don't have a, enough probable cause to, in order to get a, a search warrant but you know they go in and look for the weapon oh surprise it's not there nothing there except for you know his one hitter or something like mm-hmm. that so I, well, they'd we, still be able to take that on a search warrant. I, even so, it's, yeah. But but the, it's worse than a search. Um, and you know, you can get the more you can get it more easily. Just go to the door and say, "Hey, I want to look." Exactly. They don't have to do any work. They don't have to go They're to a judge. They're going to use that information, right? And they know that most people are going to be pushovers, or at least that's what they thought. But it turns out that the people in Boston, uh, at least in these neighborhoods, are a little bit smarter than the police might have uh, expected. In fact, there's been a tremendous community outcry against this program, and as a result of that, has put it off by uh, almost four months at this point. They're, uh, they're not even, they haven't even started it yet because they've been, been encountering so much resistance. And the, the people, and th- this actually jives with what we've heard from Barry Cooper from Never Get Busted, he says... The best thing to do when the cops come to your door is not even to answer it. Don't even talk to them because they aren't your friends. And he says that the people in the you know the ghetto areas have learned this a long time ago. You know that us white folk, for instance, we don't know these things because you know most of us don't have the police rapping on our doors. Uh, you know, relatively often, as can sometimes happen if there are a lot of investigations going on. And of course, we all know that primarily racist cops will target black and hispanic neighborhoods for drug enforcement efforts as well as as well as other things so it's it's true that the people in these neighborhoods they do know about the cops and they are refusing entry in fact the goal says uh, well in fact we'll get to what the uh, one of the uh, black panthers has to say about it here in a moment but uh, elaine driscoll for the boston police department the spokes bureaucrat says we'd be getting weapons off the streets rather than making arrests but the uh, critics say that the police won't guarantee that people will face no criminal charges. So the cops are saying one thing, but they won't write it down. They won't promise anything. So if you know anything about cops, you know that they're trained to do what? Lie. Cops are trained to lie. It's what they, it's part of what they learn when they're going through the academy. So don't believe a thing they say. They're just looking to make an arrest. Anyway, one of the commissioners well, is... Well, I think they're trained to be convincing on the stand and that kind of thing. And, but they, you know, No, they're the, trained to lie to you. If you get pulled over, and, for instance, and uh, you've got two people in your car, the cops will separate you, and one of them will lie to you and tell you, oh, your buddy just gave you up. Mm. So if you've got some drugs, you better, you, know, you better tell us, because your buddy just gave you up. Even if your buddy didn't do anything, even if your buddy didn't say anything, they can lie, lie, lie to get you to admit something to them. So don't ever believe cops. Anyway, commissioner, uh, one of the commissioners has been taken aback by the criticism. He promoted Safe Homes as a voluntary program that would help overwhelmed, frightened parents and guardians by removing guns from their homes without fear of prosecution. He said, I'd say the police commissioner has been a bit surprised by those that are not in favor. We are genuinely trying to save lives. <laughs> the police commissioner is a dope. But for many of the 100 people who packed the family YMCA last Thursday to talk about the plan, the goal of the program was overshadowed by the tactics they called invasive and misleading. According to the chairman of the New Black Panther Party, uh, Jamar Crawford, he said, Police are like vampires. They should not be invited into your homes. Vampires are polite. They're smooth. But once they get in, the door closes. Havoc ensues. Good evening. Uh, other comparisons have been no more favorable. The community doesn't want this, says the director of a local law school at the meeting. She likened the police persistence to a sexual aggressor who refuses to stop assaulting a victim despite her pleas. What part of no don't they understand? Police officials have said the searches will be based on tips from the community, including neighbors, school officials, and even the parents of the child. 
the office. Well, and if it's the parents that are sending them to their own house, then that's one thing. But if it's a neighbor, a, a busybody school official, mm. neighbor that doesn't like you for whatever reason, sending the cops over there to harass you. If the police were to find a gun, they would uh, keep the discovery confidential under most circumstances, say the police. Officials would not tell... Except the ones that they feel like not keeping it the same on. Uh, they wouldn't tell at the child's school or public housing authorities unless they believe the discovery amounted to a public safety emergency. And a child would not be charged with gun possession if a firearm were found. The police have said that if the firearm were connected to a crime, charges against a child could be filed. And again, one th- the cops say one thing and then do another. So... You know, just don't trust him. The ACLU says people on the street may say, this is great, I'm letting them in, she said, but those are the people I'm concerned about because they haven't been educated about the hazards. She says residents of public housing could lose their homes if the police find a, uh, a firearm. Supporters of the program say they're fully aware of the risks and frustrated by the critics who believe are misinforming the public. Police would support any family that cooperated with the police and oppose their eviction. You know, the cops wouldn't be there to throw them out, right? If they ended up getting evicted from all this, the cops wouldn't. They, they'd oppose the eviction. They wouldn't come and enforce that, would they? Cops could hear it, care less. Just a bunch of nonsense. Former gang member now works for the nation. And of, even if they did oppose it, what, well, we, we don't want anybody getting kicked out. So what? It's, you know, it's not their, they're not involved in that arrangement uh, between the, the landlord and the, uh, the tenant. So there you go. And there's, you know, then the rest of the articles from the people that are in favor of it, they're talking about, well, your kid could die if you don't let the cops in. That's what one of the uh, the other people says from the Nation of Islam. If you don't let the cops in, then, and I'm paraphrasing here, then if they don't, you know, if they don't find the weapons your teenagers have, they could perish forever. 18 months in a jail cell isn't a big deal. So it's just a bunch of hysteria. And thank goodness that people know better. The people in these neighborhoods know better. Now, you take this lesson home with you because you need to apply it in your life. Eventually, the cops are going to come around for you. There's a possibility. Maybe they don't like, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe they don't like your political affiliations, for instance. Maybe that will happen someday. Well, they'll start rounding people up. Well, if they're going to break into your home, you might as well let them break into your home. But if they're just knocking to try to ask you questions, get you to open the door, treat them like that vampire. Hmm. And don't let them in. Don't open the door. You can talk to them through the door, but don't believe a thing they say. They will lie. More on the way. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message. Paid for by Phillies 2008. Show, bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Uh, those features include, by the way, the wiki, over 1,500 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. It's free. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Are you thinking about starting a new business? Well, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com, it's fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents. Patents, wills, trademarks, anything you need. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. We go to your phone calls. Talk to Kevin in Minnesota. You're on Free Talk Live. Kevin. Hello? 
Kevin? Hey, guys. How are hey. you doing? What's on your mind tonight? I was going to give you an intrusive story. Okay. Um, uh, I'm Native American, and yes. part of a ritual is we smudge or we burn sage, sage and cedar. Well, at the time, me and my wife, we were living in a side-by-side where the entry of the side-by-side is shared by both sides. Mm-hmm. And so I was, we were going to go grocery shopping, and I left first because I'm in a wheelchair and I use the handicap-accessible vans to take me there. And she was to meet me at the grocery store. Well, before I, le- before I left, like I usually do, I smudged myself, and then I left. Well, at the grocery store, uh, quick story, I was there for two hours. My wife never showed up. Hmm. And I came back, and my wife is said, oh, my God, you can't come in the house. And I asked her why. And she said the police were here. Whoa. Well, why? apparently my neighbor smelled the sage and thought it was uh, marijuana. The Indians smoking the peace pipe. Yep, exactly. So he called the cops. And is the your neighbor cops- also an Indian? No, he is, well, He's just we won't even go into that. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was a so bad So you're not move. on a reservation, you're living in like a trailer park or something? Nope, we were, we side were, by well, side it's a duplex. not a oh. double side-by-side, a, a, a duplex where there's two homes joined together. I see. Okay, and so um, apparently the cop came and knocked on the door, and my wife saw the cop pull up, and uh, she was just about to leave to come meet me. The cop pulled up, blocked off the driveway, came knocking up on the door. And uh, because I told you before how I carry a pocket constitution, well, we also carry a regular full-size constitution right next to the door. <laughs> and so the <laughs> take a look at this copper. <laughs> yeah, the police officer knocked on the door, and my wife answered through the door, "Can I help you?" And he said, this is the police. We got a report that there's an unlawful person in your home. Hmm. The hell is an unlawful person? Exactly. An alien. And my wife, five months pregnant, mind you, um, says, well, officer, there's nobody here except me. And he's like, well, I need you to open up the door <laughs> so I can make sure. Sure. Whatever reason to get the door open so and my that wife said, he can well, smell something. She said... I believe in my constitution right here, I don't have to open up the door unless you have a search warrant. And then the officer is like, well, how do I know you live there? <laughs> She's like, well, I can hold my ID in front of the window. And she's like, well, you could have my ID for all I know, which makes no sense. And so he started getting really irate with my wife. I bet. And she's like, well... I know, officer, I'm not, I don't have to open up the door unless you have a search warrant. Finally, he started screaming at her. You, you don't even have to open the door if they have a search warrant. They'll come in anyway. Right. Well, uh, he started screaming at her and was saying, you're making this very difficult. I'm yeah. going to be back with a search warrant and 20 BS. cops. I call BS on that. And we're That's a lie. tear your house apart and all this, this and that with right. threats. So I get home, I come back in, and we sit around waiting for the police to come because I'm just, you know, we got the video camera going. Mm, good. Or not going, but, you know, ready. And the re- tape recorder is ready, and I'm like, bring it on. And uh, so finally they never came. <laughs> so I called. The, you called uh, them? I called the police department. 
And I said, look, I want to know what's going on. A police officer was here at my home threatening my pregnant wife, um, stressing her out, threatening us with a search warrant. Where are you? I'm waiting. And then the officer at the time said he, he passed me on to the duty officer. The duty officer told me, well, your wife, your wife should have let us in. And I'm like, it's our constitutional Why? law. She doesn't have to. And he's like, well, this would have made the matter just simpler if you would have let her in. Sure would. It would have been a lot easier to arrest somebody. And then, he, and then we find out that somebody anonymously said that there was marijuana on the premises. And, and then you I believe it to be your neighbor. Right. That, that was, we figured out. And so we told him about burning sage. And then they were all, well, the officer could have found that out if she just let him in. Right. Yeah. If you would have let, her, uh, let the officer come in and tear your house apart um, and look for marijuana, and once they didn't find any, you could explain to them that it was, uh, in fact, sage, which is you know sage and cedar that you burn for smudging um, for religious purposes, then everything would have been fine, citizen. Why'd you have to be Open so the mean. door for the nice officer. Yeah, why then, are you being so mean to our officer? I Who's, brought it up. I brought it up to the lieutenant of how the officer lied to my wife and saying that there was an unlawful person in mm-hmm. our home. And he said, well, it is perfectly all right to use deception in order to find out the facts. Absolutely. It's been upheld over and over again in the courts. And I actually have it on audio tape, and I wish I had it because I would play it for you. Our police officer saying it's perfectly fine to use deception to find out the truth. Yep. And so who do you trust? Not the police. I, uh, Good for no, your wife. I don't. And who who's going to clean up the mess after they tore your house up looking for marijuana and didn't find it? Were they going to oh, exactly. fix the broken chairs? And, right, because he threatened drawers? them. Yeah. He threatened to, to tear your house apart. Now, think about this. Many people, and I'm sure a lot of cops are, uh, you know, they, they, they probably range between nice and authoritative when they come up to someone's door. I, so I don't know. What was he like when he first started? Was he pretty authoritative when he well, first approached? Well, at, at first, I mean, that's the way they always are. They're all inflated. And the minute you find that release valve and you start deflating them, that's when they get irate. Right. Well, I mean, if you thought for a moment that this guy was okay or that he was a nice guy, whatever. I mean, maybe this guy wasn't being nice, but if you thought, if you think the cop at your door sounds really nice, wait until you tell him no, well, and, and then that, see what he does. This guy was going to tear about, your house apart. The analogy about the vampire is so right on, and I don't care how friendly, even maybe if I knew the police officer, I would still would not let them in my home. Well, I don't know. There was uh, one of the law enforcement against prohibition guys was here in uh, in Keene today, and he was driving around his DeLorean. Yeah, I got a new DeLorean. It was sweet. Yeah, Brad Jardis, uh, the uh, one of the LEAP guys here in uh, New Hampshire, came by and showed it off to Mark and I, and I got to take it down the street, uh, which is pretty cool. Not too many people get to drive a DeLorean, so I, I felt special. Yeah, we we definitely our cops here are cut above overall. Yeah, and, he, and well, he's, he's a leap guy, so it's not like. You know, I wouldn't show off my stash or anything like that because that would be stupid. But yeah. well, I'll, I'll backpedal that. Yeah. that a little bit. I'll backpedal that a little bit and say, well, maybe if I knew him, I would allow him in. But under any other circumstance, no way. It's it's better just to try to be as uh, uh, stay away from the vampire. Yeah, if they're there on business, <laughs> you probably don't want to <laughs> allow them in. But if exactly. it's you know show, if coming over for poker night or something like that, then that's that's another thing. Thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate right. it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Because there are some good guys out there. It's just that if they're at your door, you don't know who the good guys are. Mm. Why take a chance? All that's going to happen is you're going to get arrested. 
the, the best case scenario is they go away. But that's not what they're there to do. They're there to investigate and sniff out a possible arrest. Maybe it'll be you. Maybe it'll be your son. Maybe it'll be your, you know, your wife. Otherwise, their time's been wasted, right? You saw how up, you heard how upset he was getting. Oh, this is you're not making this easy. Well, that's what they like. They like to be able to kick back, eat a few donuts, grab some coffee, and then have all the citizenry just let them run roughshod over their lives, because that's what they're used to people doing. They're used to people just bending over. They're used to people not knowing their rights, which is uh, one of the reasons why they target poor people, because many of them don't know their rights. And can't afford attorneys. There's that, too. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. If you've got interactions with cops you want to share, do it. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy them on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. The world's largest machine gun shoot and military gun show is April 11th through the 13th at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Opens at 9 a.m., 10 bucks per person. KNOBCreekRange.com. That's KnobCreekRange.com. You could rent a flamethrower. Dude, that's the most awesome thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> you gotta say. And, uh, you, you know, they, they say it's from the. Uh, uh, What's the date here? Um, April the 11th through the 13th, but the 13th's the big day. You know? Is that right? I believe so. If if that's the if that's the Saturday, then that's the big day. I can't Can you rent flamethrowers any old day? Oh sure, they got okay. uh, helicopter rides and flamethrowers and machine guns. <laughs> I mean, now what I want to know is, can you shoot a machine gun out of the helicopter? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never been able to rent a machine gun, let alone a flamethrower. But you know, if I had the choice, I'd just get to uh, you know just a machine gun or a flamethrower. I don't think it'd be any really. Ooh, any... Yeah, which would you, I mean? You'd pick the flamethrower. Absolutely. Wayne, flamethrower, machine, machine gun. Machine gun. I'm a really? machine gun guy. Wow. I mean, flamethrowers. I guess they're hot. That's the one thing about the flamethrower is you don't want to be in an in in enclosed place, and I don't imagine they will be uh, if, if they're doing that. <laughs> Probably out in the middle of a field somewhere. So, 800-259-9231, bring up whatever you want. A little bit of quick news here from the Libertarian Party. Normally don't give you news from the Libertarian Party because normally they're not doing anything worth talking about. But here's Mike Gravel, a former Alaskan senator and Democratic candidate for president, has joined the Libertarian Party. Who saw this coming? The Libertarians have a man in, in Congress. No, former senator. Oh. former senator. Oh, shoot. Yeah. See, I, that'd be really great. See, the, Bob Barr also recently joined the Libertarian Party within the last, oh, I don't know, year or so. And uh, Bob Barr is a former representative from Georgia. And so it seems like when some of these uh, guys wash up, their careers, their political careers are over. They've now found that the Libertarian Party is their new home where they can be a star again. Yeah, he's a they, big guy, important. Right. Now, look, I don't know Mike Gravel. I, I know he's good on the drug war, but I heard he's a socialist on other things. But people can change. Socialists can change their stripes. We know for a fact. There have been socialists who've listened to this show, and they, they've told us, you know, after months of listening, uh, or you know, sometimes just weeks, they've told us that the logic is impenetrable, and they, they had to admit the legitimacy of the libertarian position. 
So it is possible. And I don't want to make it sound like, you know, Mike Gravel or Bob Barr haven't changed. I don't know. You know but what? I don't trust politicians. Sure. I think that if they were going to announce that they've joined, they'd probably read the platform and agree with it, wouldn't, wouldn't you think? Well, you don't have to read the platform. You do have to sign a uh, simple statement that does say, I don't uh, advocate the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals. Mm-hmm. So that pretty much encompasses libertarianism right there in that one statement. And presumably these guys are signing that statement. So, I mean, that's a good thing. I'm glad the LP still has that, but that statement hasn't kept unprincipled people out of the party. Uh, In fact, the the problem, one of the problems with the LP is the fact that it can be infiltrated by anybody. And this is one of the problems with political parties. You can't keep the political party, if you create a political party, you can't keep it the way you originally intended it if it's open to the public. Because anybody can come in and monkey wrench things and come to your meetings and start bringing up a bunch of nonsense that's just going to get in the way. And there ends up being a lot of infighting. There ends up being problems. And nothing ever gets done. This has been my experience with the LP, and I think it's been many other people's experience. And the good news here is that it's Mike Gravel joining the LP. So there's actually something the LP can tout and say, hey, we're not just Republicans. I, that's that's really, I think, the best thing that they've got going for them here is because there's a, a common misconception about libertarians that they are just disaffected conservatives. And this helps combat that misconception. So to that end, it's a good thing. Is Mike Gravel a principled guy all of a sudden? I don't know. Here's his quote. He says, I'm joining the Libertarian Party because it's a party that combines a commitment to freedom and peace that can't be found in the two major parties that control the government and politics of America. Sounds like it was written by the Libertarian Party. My libertarian views, as well as my strong stance against the war, the military-industrial complex, and and American imperialism, seem not to be tolerated by Democratic Party elites who are out of touch with the average American. Elites that reject the empowerment of American citizens... I offered to the Democratic Party at the beginning of this presidential campaign with the National Initiative for Democracy. And then it goes to talk about, you know, how he was in the Senate for so many years and blah, blah, blah. So basically, Mike Gravel is continuing his presidential campaign with the Libertarian Party. So he is seeking the Libertarian Party's presidential nomination. Okay. Now, the, the LP does things a little differently than the other parties. The Libertarian Party doesn't have taxpayers pay for its nominating situation. You don't... You don't get the opportunity to go down to your local voting precinct and cast a primary vote for a libertarian. What they do is they have a convention during the summertime where libertarians from all across the country come to the convention location and they nominate their uh, – they have a debate usually, which is kind of interesting watching the libertarian candidates debate because they just all agree with one another for the most part. So it's it's, it's interesting seeing the nuances and the, the differences between the candidates. Uh and so they debate, and then they have the vote, and then the you know the nominee is selected, and that person goes on to be the on the libertarian ballot in the 50 states in the general election. So will Mike Gravel even have a, a shot at the nomination? He's really going to have to talk like a libertarian in it, order in order to get it. Right. He's going up uh, against uh, Chris, Christine Smith, um, George Phillies. Uh, he's going up against uh, Mary Ruart. Mary Ruart is who too. he's going up against. And I happen to be a huge fan of uh, Dr. Mary Ruart. She threw in her hat into the Libertarian race uh, last week, I think it was, late last week. And she is the author of one of my favorite books about freedom. It's called Healing Our World, and you can go to ruart.com, R-U-W-A-R-T.com, and you can read uh, the 1990s version of Healing Our World absolutely free. 
I mean, it's it's such a great book. It was her sister's dying wish that she published that book for everyone to read, and she did it on the internet. And the new version's even better, the post 9/11 version. Oh, it's fantastic, fantastic. So if you've got somebody who is a and, and allow me to recommend Healing Our World for someone that you know that might be of the, oh, I don't know, democratic persuasion, someone who purports to care about the poor, who's looking out for the uh, the, the minorities, people that, you know, the, that really I'm feel. I'm a converted uh, uh, conservative, and I, I really, you know, I, I really think that it's a great book. There's no doubt about it. I think anybody I think can pick that anyone. book up. I think anyone can pick it up. It but could I, be particularly uh, effective on the, 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 you know, sort of liberal types. Yeah, someone who claims to care about the downtrodden, this is the book for them. It, well, I, I, I can't imagine someone who, you know, a member of the Democratic Party, for instance, picking up this book, putting it down, and just rejecting what was in it. Because it's all backed up by statistics, it's backed up by citation, and, I mean, a good chunk of the back of the book is just citations. Yeah. And it's just an amazing work of uh, by Dr. Ruart. You know, even there's a lot of good people that have adopted Marxist-type ideas without even realizing it. There's so many of these ideas have been perpetrated in the public, in sure. the schools, and in the media over the years where, you know, they use terms like we versus, you know, I, mm-hmm. uh, so that there's collectivism. And, and I think that we have to start rooting a lot of these, these things out because people are not realizing what they're buying into. And I think this book cuts through all that. And it's, it's good because and the, the people you're talking about, Wayne, they, I think, are relatively easy to convert to liberty if they just get the right message, if it's tailored correctly to them. Because what these people are looking for is to help people. They want to help people. And what they don't understand and what they're told, and the part of the indoctrination you're talking about, is they're told that, well, this is what government's here for. This is what we have government for. Government is here to help people. Right. And they believe that with their you know, the whole of their existence. And so they spend their time advocating for changes in the government, then the government the, must not be doing what it's supposed to be doing, for God's sake. Well, with the end goal of right. helping those people that are just trying to get help. Well, we want to help people, too. Liberty lovers are charitable, as anybody else, and uh, we we want to help people that, that need help. But what we understand is that you can't help people by threatening others in the first place. And that if you want to help people, do it on a voluntary basis... Then people will really get the help that they need from people who care, as opposed to getting the help they need through some heartless bureaucracy. If they can even get the help through the bureaucracy, if it's even if it's even available to them, so let people uh, interact on a voluntary basis. In fact, if you want people to get help, then the government's the last agency you want to turn to for that. Because look at the different government programs. You have a war on drugs, you get more drug use. You have a war on poverty, you get more poverty. You have a war on terrorism, terrorism doesn't go away. And the government, it, it, none of these things is a war on anything but the American people. Because in the case of the drug war, it's not like you're putting, you're char- not charging drugs and you're not putting drugs in prison. You're putting American people in prison. War on poverty? Look, if you don't want to pay those, uh, those taxes to support those poor people for whatever reason it is that you don't want to support them, you're going to jail. It's a war on the American people. 1-800-259-9231. So understanding why government can't help people is critical. And I think it's not that hard if you get the message right to bring those people on board with us. Hour two's coming up. You can take control. It is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. 
Talk Live. We are launching at hour number two of the program. You bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. All right, so Wayne, uh, we were talking about something last hour. We've got new listeners tuning in all the time. So since we're starting a new hour, why don't you recap? You wanted to comment on something else, but make sure you bring everybody up to speed first. Sure. We were discussing Mary Ruart's book called Healing Our World, talking about uh, you know helping people using nonviolent, non-coercive methods and doing it on a voluntary basis as opposed to using the guns of government to mm-hmm. take money from other people to help other people. And I, I, it brought me back to when I lived in Los Angeles, and I was there during a pretty turbulent time. I was there for the Rodney King riots. I was there for the Northridge earthquake. I was there for the floods in Malibu and the fires in Malibu and all these different things. And I remember, especially during the Northridge uh, earthquake, um, how you know everything had just broken down. The police, nobody could really do anything. The, the whole city was crippled for days. Huh. And there were a lot of aftershocks after. And the outpouring and the way people just uh, took it upon themselves to help each other. Now, you heard stories in the news media at the time about store owners overcharging people for bottled water and all that crap. But the fact is there were a lot of stories of, of heroic uh, actions by people. And Most of them would go unreported, I'd like to say. Yeah. That the news normally focuses on negative things that are happening because those are, you know, for whatever reason, they sell more copies or people will are more likely to hold through a commercial break. To hear something negative, right? Uh, get, get horrified by you know how awful people can be. It's it's hard to shift your perspective, but you have to understand that the news is the news for a reason, and it's because it's original and it doesn't happen very often. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, we all have wonderful lives and everything works exactly as we expect it to. So uh, it's it's important to keep kind of a positive perspective there. But go ahead. And, and then I'm another, not saying you weren't. I'm just talking about that. And then so. another time regarding gun ownership during the Rodney King riots, there I'd never forget the images of the Korean business people on the roofs of their built businesses with 9 millimeters, uh, get it, keeping looters away. Yeah. Because they, they were armed, and they had their, they had their guns, and they kept, God their, bless them. They, yeah, and they kept their businesses safe because they were armed. They, had, they utilized their, their right to bear arms. And why, why do you bring that up? Because the cops weren't keeping them safe? Yes, the cops weren't keeping them safe. But it was another example of a lot of the things that we talk about when all of a sudden there's no government services because whatever crisis uh, may be, the, the cops are all occupied somewhere else, or they're home with their families because... Right. You know, well, clearly the crisis, Wayne, is that the government uh, bureaucrats need more funding. That'll solve the problem, right? We'll just give them more money. <laughs> yeah, and hire more. But the problem with all this is there's there's a moral hazard because when people get used to the idea that government's supposed to help people, they tend they get to lazy. Think, they get lazy, exactly, and they don't help people on their own volition in their communities because they think, oh, the social services should help them or they yeah, should get food care stamps. Of. Right. I paid for this already. It's yes. supposed to be taken care of. I have paid in to welfare uh, you know, and, and all that other stuff, so therefore I don't have to take care of this. But the fact is, anything that the government does, it does poorly. That's right. And you know, nobody's going to care about their neighbors uh, more than they will if they know them, mm-hmm. and family members also. So, and, and it go, this goes way beyond this. This even goes to retirement. When people get older, the government's supposed to take care of them, right? They've got Social Security. So you have old people just rotting away by themselves in their houses because people just don't think about it because they don't think they have to. It's, 
there's a lot of moral hazard that, that goes only, along with this. Not only does it make people lazy about their neighbors, but it also makes them lazy about their own lives. You, you mentioned Social Security. If you're told all your life that, well, you know, government's taking this money and they're going to give it to you when you get older, you're promised these things, you're promised that you're going to be taken care of, you may live your life in a, a little bit more of a slipshod manner. You may not pay as close attention to your finances as yeah, you should. That's right. You may not end up having a retirement. I mean, there are people that make this mistake. You cannot count. Many, many of them do. You, yeah, you cannot count on the government money. We had a guy called the Saturday Show, a, vet, a veteran, and uh, he had lost his home because the VA held back his check or you know didn't come through for whatever reason. I don't remember the, the detail, but the VA, some bureaucratic snafu, he was not able to get his check, so therefore he was not able to pay his rent, so therefore he was evicted from his home. Right. And yeah. I said to the guy, look, I, I mean, that's a sad situation, and I know they promised you things. I know they did. But you have to understand that you can't count on them for anything. You've you know, got to set up your own income streams. In the case, in the case of uh, the VA, at the, at the very least, that was his job and part of his sort of pension. You know, he was supposed to get those Government things. promises are right. worth a hill right. of beans. Government promises are a bunch of crap, and it doesn't matter whether it was... Uh, Social Security promises, because Social Security, it's not like you work for them. You just pay in. And it really doesn't even feel like you pay in because you pay in. It's taken first. Your employer basically pays um, half of it, and then it's taken right out of your check. So it never even feels like you've done anything. But um, in the case of the VA, man, that that guy worked for that. And, you know, there still are a lot of good people who do help their neighbors and people in their community, but you would have a lot more people doing it if we didn't have that that status mentality that it's the government's Mm -hmm. job. You're absolutely right. In fact, I think you have a story that ties in with this pretty well with uh, food stamps yes, in Ohio. It, yes, in Ohio. Uh, Talk about ra- entitlement mentality oh, and what boy. it does to people. Yeah, it does. And right now, uh, in the last uh, uh, seven years or so, the number of, of food stamp recipients in the state of Ohio has doubled. Right now, wow. almost one in ten Ohioans wow. are on food stamps. Mm. That's amazing. And, and and the reasons cited are being obviously higher oil prices, uh, higher food prices. The government has um, gotten into this uh, uh, ethanol debacle now, where 25 percent of all the corn produced is going to ethanol production because the government's picking a winner here. You know, mm-hmm. rather than letting uh, inexpensive um, uh, sugarcane-based ethanol in from Brazil, they're letting the American farmers grow it and make a lot of money. Great, except uh, they're diverting 25 percent of it for fuel, and so right. we're all paying the price. Yeah, we're I all mean, paying the price. I mean, corn's a huge crop already here in the United States. It doesn't need any subsidization as though we should be subsidizing anything that anybody's doing. And don't think for a moment if you you know if you consider yourself a greenie and you for whatever reason don't have a car, you might tell yourself, well, I'm not contributing to the problem because I'm not buying uh, gasoline. Well, everybody buys gasoline if you eat, you buy gasoline. Mm. Because all those the food stuffs, unless you're growing you're everything, buying diesel, but right, yes, <laughs> unless you're buying everything or you're uh, growing everything in your backyard, any food you buy, your any products you buy, you're paying for fuel. So you can't get away from it. Yeah. Everyone is paying for that. And, and, you know, I can see us making a lot of the same mistakes now, our government, I should say, as Herbert Hoover and FDR did in the 30s, because uh, they see this economic thing happening, and they're, and they're trying to do too much and trying to tinker too much, and they're making it worse. But, and and ma- most of the problems that we have this economically right now in this country are due to government involvement in the first place. Exactly. They keep on screwing with the machinery that is the free market. And how much, you know, if you think about it, too, one of the reasons why we're caught with our pants down, so to speak, with energy, you know, now you have increasing demand worldwide for oil and you have dwindling supplies. The supply is actually going down and the demand's going up. 
because we really haven't known how much we've really paid for oil in this country for some time because it, uh, we're, we're subsidizing or driving the oil price down by protecting the oil supply in the Middle East with our military. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the military budget goes to so-called protect our, money, our, our oil supply. If we were just paying for oil in the open market, even if it were cost, yeah, even if it cost? cost twice as much... Right. But you can't then, calculate it. You can't even calculate it. But then we would at least there'd be, there would have been more incentives to start developing uh, alternatives 10 years ago or more. That's true. People, uh, when faced with rising costs, people change their behavior. Right. Absolutely true. If you don't think that's so, imagine how your life would be right now if gasoline was $20 a gallon. <laughs> I mean, imagine how you would change your life. You'd, you, you'd sure get rid of that SUV that's, uh, you know, got, what, 12 miles to the gallon or whatever mm-hmm. it is that uh, some of them get. I had a uh, Cadillac Eldorado convertible for a long time. They got six miles to the gallon. I thought about it seriously when I filled up that tank because I knew it was going to last two days of driving yeah. tops wow. if, I, if I did, in fact, drive the vehicle. I had a second, secondary vehicle, and, and for a long time I didn't drive it at all um, it, just because it costs so much to run. And I remember there's been a few rounds of this in my lifetime, but I remember it started in the 70s is when, when oil prices got driven up sharply. You started to hear about a lot of alternatives, and there were even tax breaks for solar, and then all of a sudden you know, oil got cheap again, and then you didn't hear about it, and then it would spike up, and then you'd hear about it again, and then it would, it would go down again, mm-hmm. you wouldn't hear about it because supplies were still pretty plentiful then and and they could drive the prices down but it, it's going to be more and more difficult to drive the prices of oil down in the worldwide market now because especially as the dollar continues to tank the dollar tanks and you got china and india wanting more and more oil right i should say that really the uh, the supply of oil hasn't changed much it's, that's true. it's the supply to the united states that's um diminished as you said because now well, india and china they want those things. They want um, that stuff. Well, and the uh, the supply is sort of, you know, but there's been a somewhat of a uh, corking of the supply in that uh, the refineries in the U.S. cannot operate. They, they can't build new refineries. If uh, one of them breaks, they just have to repair it's it as quick line, as, yeah. as possible and, and then bring it back online. You can't have uh, redundancy beyond what's already right, there. Because of environmental laws, they're not allowed to build new refineries. I don't understand right. why somebody doesn't build one in Haiti or something, but, you know, they don't. You can bring up whatever you want. This is your show. Take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those, including the archives. If you missed a moment of the show, just go and get them right there on the front page of the site. For your uh, downloading convenience at freetalklive.com, are you looking for an intellectual challenge this summer? Join students from around the world at a free summer seminar sponsored by the Institute for Humane Studies. Hear lectures from top faculty and discuss the ideas of liberty and their current applications. Get more information at libertarianseminars.com. That's libertarianseminars.com. Just a few more thoughts real quick. Uh, The story is out of Ohio, but it's actually a federal story, which I didn't realize. You mentioned that during the break, Wayne, that uh, food stamps, uh, you know, just shows what I know about welfare, right? Uh, I thought food stamps were a state thing, but apparently they're a federal thing. Maybe they have state and federal food stamps some places. I don't know. Uh, but apparently in Ohio, one in ten, is it families or individuals? That's a point that I, I don't recall. It says nearly one in ten Ohioans, so I assume it's individuals. individuals yeah. uh, one in ten individuals, presumably over adult age, are uh, you know over 18, are receiving food stamps from the federal government. It says Ohioans, so, I mean, it's difficult to say for sure. It's but true. what it's reporting, what, what the story is reporting, is that that's including everybody. People under the age of 18, they're counting all that, too. Now, they're not mm. getting them. That means that's that just that many more people over the age of 18. Yeah, maybe are, it's are. one out of nine or one out of eight or something like that. Yeah. 
And even getting uh, going beyond or before the recent surge in inflation in the area, you know, that area was once um, a very highly industrialized area right. with a lot Steel of high-paying jobs. Yeah, and those have now gone away. Belt. Those have gone away due to government programs like NAFTA, like incentivizing companies to manufacture abroad, and and you're seeing the results. And by the way, what I wanted to point out about this is that this is what government wants. It wants you to get on one of its programs. It wants you. It doesn't want to help you. It wants to help you get hooked, like mm-hmm. a you know a, a drug dealer, like a, the with the most awful type of drug dealer, uh, just sort of lurking, right. waiting for you here. A helplessness would drug like, dealer. Would you like a check? We'll cut yeah. you a check for your groceries. <laughs> now I know it's stamps; they don't cut a check for that. But but my point is, it's still uh, something that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And so somebody sees that and they say, "Well, yeah, I could use a little bit of help." And then they you know jump on board with the program, and before you know it, you never want to leave. Before mm-hmm. you know it, you you don't want to get out Freedom of the program. Freedom and liberty are gone. You know, I remember reading a speech. I, I believe it was back in the 1700s by Hamilton, where he talked about two types of people. There were the uh, the princes. And the common people. And the common people want, you know, better life for their families, and they want to live comfortably and prosperously, but, you know, they don't care about being filthy rich. Mm-hmm. And then the princes, of course, they want to rule over people, with or without their consent. And they already and, are. And, and they're very rich. cunning, <laughs> and, they're, and they'll do anything. They'll, they'll contrive any scheme they can to get you to let uh, them rule you. Of course, Hamilton was one of those princes. Yes, he was, but he at least he was honest about it. <laughs> so the more people get on the dole from the government, the less likely they'll ever want to reject the idea of an authoritarian government that we have. Correct. Uh, if they're getting a check from the Social Security or the VA or I guess VA doesn't really count as welfare, but Social Security or food stamps or local welfare, if they're getting money, free health care, whatever it is, from government, they don't, they don't feel like they're paying for it. Of course they are. If they work, they pay for it. Some of them don't work. Some of them just take government money. And they're total dependents, 100% dependents. At least many of the people on food stamps are probably working. But uh, the more dependent government can make you on it, the less likely you'll ever want to let go of mommy government. And government, this is their insurance policy, essentially, taking people's money by force through taxes and then redistributing it to people and saying, hey, we are helping you out over here. What would you do without us? As though individuals on their own, on a voluntary basis, couldn't possibly fathom how to distribute their money in order to help their fellow man of course, without when, force. Of course, when they pillage enough people, they kill the goose that lays the golden eggs, and then they don't have the resources anymore to pillage, and then the right. system collapses. That's a great point, because only the, the government can only uh, be a parasite. It cannot create its own resources. Right. Yes, the government it can create can't, money. can't create wealth. It can't. It can print money, but that's not creating wealth. And people, I think, are confused about that. When it prints out money, all it does is inflate the money supply. It doesn't add value to the economy. It doesn't add a legitimate product or service that's actually in demand by somebody. And sometimes the government will, um, you know, participate in an area of uh, legitimacy. For, you know, for instance, the Soviet Union did uh, farms, and the United States, well, the the fire department and the water department in your town or municipality are likely uh, to to be a government-run agency. Huh. But the fact is. It's wasteful, and they don't have the same incentives in the marketplace that a normal company do. And that's the reason that uh, farms yeah. didn't perform well in the Soviet Union. Oh. Now, we all um, naturally know that. But how come we think that uh, agencies like fire departments and water companies are somehow suited to be run by the government? Just put the, ter- just put the term socialist in front of it. Socialist-run fire department. Why would you want that? Yeah. You know, even NASA, the only reason why I believe NASA succeeded in the 60s was they had competition. From mm. the Russians. From the Russians. 
Once that was over, you know, you started seeing the space shuttle blowing up, and, mm-hmm. and you just don't see the same... And, and just no progress. Yeah, there hasn't been progress in, in, in NASA, really, uh, visible progress to an average person, people like us, right. for over 20 years. The space shuttle's still going up in space. The same old space shuttle, by the way. They haven't changed the design since they started with it. Yeah. Most, there's, the some they there's some things they've revised, but yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. Functionally, it's basically the same unit. I mean, it's like, uh, yeah, the government roads, they haven't changed either, but you know, it's like saying that they've, they, uh, the one thing they've changed about the government roads, for instance, is that they're now using LED lights as opposed to incandescent lights in the traffic stoplights. <laughs> yeah, that's not a, not a significant change. Uh, so 800-259-9231 is the number, but the idea is government gets as many people as possible on the dole, that way they never want to leave. And so if you look at what government does, you can see evidence of this all over the place, which is one of the reasons why I think this fair tax plan that the conservatives are, some of these conservatives, so-called, are pushing. In fact, some so-called libertarians, Neil Bortz, uh, is out there pushing this idea that, uh, there's... Somehow, first of all, the idea there's a fair tax is ludicrous. No tax is fair. It's theft. <laughs> and to suggest that theft is fair is, is out, uh, just outrageously absurd. But beyond that, there's a portion to the program that you would think would really set off some uh, you know, flags, some warning alerts, to, especially to people that supposedly favor smaller government. When this program, this fair tax, includes this right. prebate thing, which is the federal government cutting every household in America a check. Like they're doing this year. And you exactly. See, and, exactly. And, and, but every month. As, as sick as it is that every American becomes a welfare baby uh, by getting a check from the federal government, this is how the government, this is how people, normal, rational people, um, like Neil Bortz, pretty n- rational guy when it comes to, at least it's good d- on the domestic, yeah, domestic he, issues. He fell off the tracks. And but this is this is how it. you have to go about solving things with the problems that government has created. He's trying to use government to solve a government problem, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work. He's I mean he's his his little plan has gone so crazy. They're sending a check to every American if yep. if he had gotten his way in getting this plan, and it's it's ludicrous and it'll never happen. And thank God, maybe it's it won't. Maybe it won't. Who knows, Mark? It's yeah. possible. Well, something will happen. We'll get a national sales tax. I'm sure that that's coming on down the, the pipe some point or other. Ooh, yeah. But they won't repeal the 16th Amendment, right. which uh, makes uh, you know they would put the IRS in place. Yeah. They're not going to fire all those bureaucrats yeah, in the IRS. Nothing's going to ever happen to do that. So what are you going to get? Well, you're going to have an income tax and a sales tax, yeah. just like you do in so many states. And you can expand the IRS. And you can, mean, expand you can expect the federal government to come down with property tax, too. Yay! Oh, what a great. good idea this fair tax is. Let's bring in the U.N. while Disgusting. we're at it. How about a U.N. property tax? Scum. 800 so they want to get everybody hooked. That's what their goal is. Don't take it if you can avoid it. If you can avoid taking it, and if you need to take it, well, you have paid money into the system most likely, so you could probably tell yourself it's not a big deal to take it, but not me. I, I wouldn't recommend know, it. I, More on the way. Anything. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number 800-259-9231 is the Sickle CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. So enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. 
Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections. They do early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Um, SACL CAI's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. And do businesses with businesses to support Free Talk Live. Now, I found out uh, from Wayne here right before the show that apparently Congress has had a closed-door session recently. And I was not aware of this. We'll get into the details on that in a moment. But I want to cover an email real quick first from Brad. He's new to this whole liberty thing. And he's got questions about actually being a libertarian. He says, I'm a 26-year-old designer in Baltimore. I stumbled upon your show three weeks ago. My viewpoints have changed dramatically in a positive way after becoming addicted to the show. I've never understood exactly what libertarian meant, but it's the only way to go, I'm convinced. I've never felt as political in my life as I'd like to, largely due to the feeling that the whole system is screwed. So why bother thinking about it? And I don't think that he's alone in that viewpoint, no. by the way. I think a lot of Americans are that way. And I don't, I don't want to be political. I hate politics. I think it's despicable. Uh, He says, listening to your show made me realize the left and right are just hopelessly treating symptoms of the underlying problem of too much government and micromanagement. He says that uh, I'm trying to get friends into the show, at least into the ideas, and have had a positive response so far. And he says, I'm not sure where this newfound affiliation with a party will take me yet, but I'm grateful to be a part of it. And I wrote Brad back, and I said, point of clarification, after welcoming him, I said, point of clarification, don't confuse being a libertarian with being a member of the Libertarian Party. Now, as somebody who's, who's brand new to this movement, like Brad, I, I can understand how the confusion could come about. Uh, the fact is... The Libertarian Party is only a small portion of this much larger libertarian movement. And the libertarian movement uh, consists of all kinds of different organizations, everything from the the Libertarian Party to think tanks, various different types of think tanks, uh, also um, media like Free Talk Live, John Stossel, uh, there's all kinds of you know th- things that have nothing to do with political parties that are libertarian. The Advocates for Self-Government is a great organization that has nothing to do with politics and everything to do with helping libertarians communicate liberty better. Uh, and, of course, we, you know, we do a little bit of that here because I'm a huge fan of the advocates. But just as an example of a handful of – just a handful of some of the organizations out there uh, that are coming at things from a pro-liberty perspective. And then, of course, there are some that are involved in politics but not from a political party perspective like lobbying groups. Uh, you know, the Marijuana Policy Project is arguably a libertarian organization. Mm-hmm. In fact, the, the guy who's in charge of it, Rob Campia, is a self-professed libertarian. So there's lots of wings, if you will, to the libertarian movement, and the Libertarian Party is only one of them. So I want to make it clear, just because you're a libertarian doesn't mean you're a party member. Right. I'm a libertarian. I'm not a member of the Libertarian Party, not really interested in being a liber- uh, member of the Libertarian Party. Wayne, what about you? I'm an independent, and uh, that's where I stand. Yeah, I, I'm moving away from the <clears throat> moving away from the libertarian label uh, slowly because I just don't find that it fits me anymore. With people like Mike Gravel and Bob Barr joining the Libertarian Party, I understand they're trying to make their tent bigger. That's the idea. Is it? Oh, we want more people to join, so we should uh, p- p- pare down our principle. Well, that's why I joined originally was because it was the party of principle. They it still was claim the principle, that. Yeah. You're still supposed to sign an agreement that says you don't support the initiation of force in order to get into the party, but there's no enforcement of that in- agreement. So therefore, it's it's essentially moot. Right. It's not like if you write a letter to the Libertarian Party newsletter and you start advocating the war in Iraq that anybody's going to pull your party membership. None of that happens. 
So the the party has continued to become more and more diluted. Uh, it started back in the actually diluted and diluted. D- is it the same? Right? No, diluted. You add water to it. Diluted. A person is crazy. Oh wow, diluted would be a person is crazy. Yes. Di- anyway, uh, so the party has become watered down <laughs> as a result of. Uh, all I wasn't these- correcting you. I was say- I was thinking it was funny that the two words sound similar. I got you. Uh, so as these unprincipled people have come into the party, which originally was started by you know basically a group of voluntarists, uh, anarchists that uh, that wanted to just throw a monkey wrench into the system, I and mean, that was uh, from what I understand the original purpose behind the party. But create a political entity, and inevitably political people will be attracted to it. People like you know this Mike Gravel character or Bob Barr, these two washed up politicians that have decided that in order to to make themselves as relevant as possible. Uh, they have no more career in Washington, so they've joined the Libertarian Party, and now they're trying to tell people that they've changed their tune. I don't know if I believe it, man. I don't know if I believe it. I don't. Well, Bob Barr <laughs> has come out uh, recently, and he's changed his tune on a few things before, well before he announced this. Uh, and, and Mike Gravel also seemed, when they've interviewed him about Ron Paul, he seemed very intrigued with Ron Paul, and I'm sure he's listened to it. A lot of Dr. Paul has said. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not going to. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for now until I see something yeah. otherwise. Well, we'll see how uh, we'll see how Gravel does on the Libertarian Party's debate because he's seeking the presidential nomination. I mean, if he's got it together and he understands the principle, he should be able to explain that pretty effectively. So we'll see how he does. Because you know, even politicians are basically buy into one socialist paradigm or the other. Yeah, that's true. And when all of a sudden you can take the pill, what, what color pill in the Matrix is the one that gets you out of the brainwashing? Red pill. The red pill. Yeah, you take the red pill. And and sometimes these politicians and people generally take the red pill when when they're exposed to logic and to sound ideas. So welcome to uh, Brad and to anybody else who's somewhat new to the show and is just are just discovering these ideas for the first time. I hope that helped clarify the difference between the Libertarian Party and being a Libertarian. But Brad had an extra question. He wrote me back. He said, well, I see what you mean. So do you not need to be registered as a Libertarian in order to vote Libertarian? And that's another issue of confusion. Um, essentially, the answer to that is um, that is correct. You do not need to be uh, registered libertarian in order to vote libertarian because um, usually if you do register uh, libertarian, you give up sort of your right to vote in a primary in, in many Most states. Most states, yeah. Um, because you have to be registered Republican or registered Democrat in order to vote in those primaries. So libertarians, since their primaries, basically the uh, the, the candidate is selected at, a, at the Libertarian Party convention by delegates and not in a, any primary election at all, you just don't vote in primaries. So you can vote in, you can vote for a libertarian if they're in the general election as anybody, Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever, anybody can vote for, can vote for a libertarian. Uh, but if you register as libertarian, like you say, Mark, it pulls you out of being able to, to vote in primaries, considering you, if you care about that. Uh, and, of course, the libertarians like you to register as a libertarian because it helps increase their numbers. Uh, but also, you can actually be a libertarian party member without actually being a registered libertarian. So that's another distinction. Yeah. You don't have to be a registered libertarian to join the libertarian party. It's true. So, uh, not that I'm recommending you join the Libertarian Party, but if you feel like doing politics, if you're into that thing, then well, the Libertarian Party still is the best political party out there. You know, I'll throw them, I'll throw them that bone, <clears throat> but I can't say I'm impressed with uh, with what they've been doing in the past few years. So there. Hope that clears it up. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Closed door session. Wayne, what happened? And it was what, like a week ago? Two it was weeks? March uh, 13th. Uh, this late, is Congress. Yes, in Capitol Hill. This is from the Associated Press. 
The House held a closed session for the first time in 25 years mm. discussing a hotly contested issue, which is the, the surveillance bill. Um, my browser just refreshed for some strange reason. <laughs> now, closed session, they say yeah. the first one in 25 years. So this must be constitutional then, right? Well, this is the one where the, um, the, the Democrats, you know, well, we're not giving immunity to the telecoms, uh, even though, you know, I think they made it made it legal or something like that, but then didn't give immunity for the telecoms when it wasn't legal. Exactly. So, yeah. So it was about a, it was about a surveillance bill. But my question is: Is it constitutional for those of you that are into the Constitution? Is it constitutional for them to do this? No. Why but, would it be well, constitutional? It must be. It what? has oh, to be for, for a closed door a session? Closed session. Well, since when does that matter to our Congress whether something's constitutional or not? Well, that's a good point. I was just curious. I mean, either the Constitution, uh, either the Constitution allows these violations, or it, you know, it has done nothing to uh, to prohibit them. So at this point, uh, the, we've got Congress meeting in closed door sessions, and they were sworn to secrecy, as I understand it, as to what they talked about. That's right. It was a late night, one hour session. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's just that sounds suspicious to me. We'd love to know what you think if you want to speculate as to what went on in there. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up what you want toll free. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Sickle C A I toll free line. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy them on us, including uh, the archives, wiki updates, and more. We give them all away. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us at the Free Talk Live store. Just head over to store.freetalklive.com. And you can get all kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise. Again, that's store.freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. June 9th through the 15th at Porkfest, you'll be able to see firsthand why New Hampshire is one of the country's best places to live, as well as tour New Hampshire on special Free State Project bus tours or on your own. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P O R C. F-E-S-T dot com. You can hear my congestion coming through tonight, <clears throat> and it is nasty. Well, let me, let's continue here, Mark, with uh, the stories. We, we pretty much covered the, uh, the Congress thing. Uh, they, they had this closed-door session. Uh, people, the public, was not allowed in, which I find a little suspicious. Isn't this government supposed to be at least on the congressional level transparent? Sure, if it's of the people, isn't it, aren't we supposed to be able to see what's going on? And some some of the accounts were saying that uh, it was about this, this this hotly contested surveillance bill, and the president uh, doesn't like it because it doesn't give his uh, buddies in the telecom companies immunity for the things they've done to help them help the government uh, eavesdrop on Americans. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that are very upset about that. Uh, but there have been other rumors about what was discussed there too. Rumors, really? All right. So let's have a little rumor control. What uh, what were what did you hear through the grapevine? Well, for example, uh, the weekend before last, the world financial system came on the brink of, of meltdown. And the big bailout of Bear Stearns uh, the following Monday uh, kind of bailed it out for now. Now, why, but, why would uh, Bear, just Bear Stearns, one large brokerage, why would that be, um, and, and you know, no indication, Merrill Lynch didn't get a bailout. Uh, many of these investment yet. bankers, um, banks didn't get bailouts. So why Bear Stearns, and why? How can we make a claim that the world's financial, you know, the world economic system itself was on the brink of collapse? <laughs> how, how can we? Okay, uh, g- good question. That's a very good question, Mark. Well, you see, Bear Stearns was probably the least solvent 
slightly less solvent uh, than than the others you mentioned, and a lot of them are just the tips of the iceberg uh, above a, a five hundred trillion dollar derivatives bubble worldwide right now. Um, derivatives are these basic they're they're these uh, investment instruments that the banks trade amongst themselves. It's kind of like a big casino right. to delude themselves into thinking they're solvent. Well, they're um, they're commodities based. Yeah, yeah. The, the derivative means they derive their value from something. So mm-hmm. you can make a bet that something's going to go up or down to hedge your risk over here about mortgages. But the problem with the derivatives is they're questionable in value, and and there's there's it's the closest thing on uh, Wall Street or you know in in the investment area to gambling that there is. I mean that's that's mm-hmm. how Orange County, California, um, went uh, bankrupt. Derivatives are, I, I've, I've I've traded in derivatives, and I'll tell you, some days I made some good money, and some days I lost some good money. You know, it's just it, it it's it's really scary. But let me repeat the number again: five hundred trillion. So this isn't going away. This is just the beginning. This is a tremor to a major earthquake that's going on right now under in the undercurrents of the world financial system. You mean the Bear Stearns situation? Yes. That's just one of the, the early fallout, but they're being bailed out, supposedly. And there's also stories on some of the well political... Yeah, where's that bailout money coming from? Yeah, uh, the, the American people. They're the just printing that up? Yeah, they're, they're, they're printing it up, basically. And, and J.P. Morgan Chase is helping, too. You know, uh, what, are the, uh, what do the taxpayers get? What, um, what does the stockholder of Bear Stearns get? I mean, they don't get any of this money. Now, I'll grant you that the, uh, the stock price of Bear Stearns won't plummet as a result, so well, they'll, it has, they'll retain. It has, it has plummeted, actually. Because but it, it would have gone worse if they wouldn't have gotten the bailout. It could have just disappeared entirely. But if Bear Stearns went bankrupt, of course, all the officers of the company would have had to give back their Christmas bonuses from last year. And by the way, a Christmas bonus for uh, an officer of Bear Stearns is not like a Christmas bonus for a person who works Kmart. It's yeah. something entirely different. This isn't a piece of, uh, you know, a, a little a little bit of chump change that they give you because you've been an employee and it's Christmas time. These things are gigantic. These people can get half and, and sometimes 75% of their pay on their bonus at Christmas time. Wow. Right. Because yeah. people who don't know this this stuff don't know this stuff they don't have any idea but these bonuses are huge i mean these these firms shell out billions of dollars of bonuses at christmas the, the, time somehow the taxes are s- more advantageous yes, than getting your money in that uh, bonus uh, as opposed right? to a salary yes right and right. i don't know exactly hmm. what that is but um, it's it's advantageous for the company in, in some ways and advantageous for the employee in some ways. So they get these big, giant bonuses once a year how would you like to be a receptionist in a company and get a hundred fifty thousand dollar christmas bonus pretty sweet Sweet. And you didn't have to do any sexual favors for that? Just show some cleavage. There you go. So you're suggesting, Wayne, that they were talking about impending financial doom. Well, some of the scuttlebutt about that. Evidently, there are some congressmen, and I think we know some of them, who are very, very upset with the gag order that was placed on the content of this meeting. If it were just what they're saying it is about, I don't think there would be a gag order. Because that stuff, all the other things they've discussed uh, are pretty much out in the open as far as the telecommunications bill. So um, I, I think that there could be more to it than that. We'll have to see. It's just, it's one of those early warning type things we want to make people aware of. Let's just see what comes from it. Yeah, you know, um, Congress, their their committees are all the time in secret, but this was the first time Congress itself was in secret. Oh, in over 25 years. Now, the AP said 25 years. Other sources have said longer so who knows what's right? You'd have to really do some research on it. Right, and the idea with representatives is they really do represent the people. Those are supposed <laughs> to be the people, right? That's, Ludicrous. That, it, it's definitely dumb, but it's that's the idea. So the how in the world can they justify being in secret entirely like that? Yeah. Uh, if you can answer that question, 800-259-9231. In other news out of D.C., Mark, you've got the latest on the XM Sirius merger. What's going on there? Well, um, the excuse me from ABC News. 
As the merger of the satellite uh, radio stations, XM and Sirius, creep, keeps creeping closer to becoming a reality, experts as well as the companies themselves disagree on the potential un- how the potential union will affect millions of the current customers of both services as well as people at large. XM and Sirius argue that the merger will give the customers more choice. But consumer groups say that the uh, math just doesn't add up. The Justice Department announced Monday that it will uh, it will allow the proposed merger to proceed. I guess uh, really the the fact is they will not do anything to uh, they won't get step in the way. They won't call it a monopoly. So, but it still has to go through the FCC, by the way. Correct. Um, ruling, and I don't see. I, I certainly don't understand why it would have been a problem with a monopoly, but whatever. Ruling um, that it was not likely to lessen competition or to harm cust- um, consumers. The department argued that the companies aren't really competing and that there are um, alternative services, such as the use of MP3 players in cars. Well, I don't know how they could argue that companies aren't really competing. Right. They They're really clearly, are competing. Clearly but competing. Ten years ago, these companies didn't exist. So right. the idea that uh, customers need to be protected from monopoly is, is ludicrous. Exactly. The, the Justice Department, not that I you know, favor government interaction at all, I think they should go away, but... You know, at least they made the right choice in this particular case to to not get involved and in, in meddle right. here, because there are plenty of alternatives for people to listen to things. There are radio stations all across the country, thousands of them, and uh, MP3 players, of course, are another option. And you also have satellite radio. And if if one of these companies, which by the way, they've all been in the red ever yeah. since they started, it's not like these companies are raking in the dough or no, anything like they, that. They may have millions of subscribers, but they're still in the red. Uh, because there's a huge outlay of of money to start these businesses. All the talent that goes in, you know, all the, the hardware. <laughs> I mean, hardware is expensive. It's it very expensive, um, but you you know, it's uh, payroll is huge oh, yeah. for these companies. So, uh, Oprah is on this on there. You think she came cheap? Howard Stern, yeah. Opie and Anthony. So, uh, Bubba the Love Sponge. So, so if one of these companies, again, both of them being in the red, one of these companies was to say, throw in the towel. And just say, yeah, we're done. You know, right. we're not even going to try to sell ourselves. We're just, just, we're just dissolving, liquidate the inventory, and, uh, you know, we're done. Uh, then what? Is the, the federal thing government? Happen. Well, what would the consumer groups do then? I mean, because then you'd only have one company. There'd be the, no one else to merge or anything like that. It's the principle of it. That, that's why they do it. Well, there shouldn't be a monopoly. There shouldn't be one company. And it doesn't matter what the industry is. So well, what are the barriers to entry? Let's just say the two merge, and there's one company now doing it. And let's just say they start jacking up prices and ticking off customers. What How easy ba- is, is it for someone else to pop up and compete? It's with expensive them? as hell. What what barriers the FCC's were the barrier? It, 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 that that too. There what, you go. What were the uh, what were the barriers to entry for XM and Sirius? Ten years ago, these companies did not exist. They somehow came into being. It's not like they're owned by some other organization or group or anything like that. Mm-hmm. There you go. You could do it too, if you have the capital. Sure. Yeah. And get the investors together. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, there are plenty of satellite companies like uh, Directv. And these other direct-to-home television uh, companies, yep. I don't see how it'd be that difficult for them to just sort of open up a radio wing. They've already got the you know the teleport facilities to get the information up to the uh, to the, the the birds, if you will. That's mm-hmm. the industry slang, by the way, for satellite. And so, it, absolutely, somebody could jump in to compete. But if one company just went out of business, then would they demand that someone else create another company so that they can not have a monopoly? I mean, it's Stupid. ludicrous. It's ludicrous. But the uh, the consumer groups, they are outraged. And they do have a few things to say. And I think it's worth sharing just to really show how these people don't even know what they're talking about. They just don't even know what they're referring to when they talk about monopolies. And we'll get to that here in moments in Hour 3, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. 
With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching at hour number three of the show. Bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. All right, so we're talking about the XM Sirius merger. If you want to comment on this or bring up whatever's on your mind, you're welcome to do so, as always. Uh, but... You know, this has kind of gotten a lot of press over the recent days, and we're radio people, so we like to talk shop from time to time. Uh, the federal government has approved, the Justice Department has uh, stood a, stood aback and has allowed uh, Exum and Sirius to proceed with their plans to merge. Now, of course, Exum and Sirius are the two satellite radio providers in the United States. There is a Canadian satellite radio provider that I believe may not be owned by either one of them. So who knows? Maybe the Canucks will jump in and uh, and start competing. Why not? Uh, but the consumer groups are outraged. And Mark, what is it that they have to say exactly, the consumer groups? Uh, well, they're, they're citing likely increases in prices down the line and a lack of choice for consumers. Like you said, why are consumers guaranteed a choice in this arena? It's, uh, you know, if one of these companies, both of these companies are having financial problems. If one of them mm-hmm. went out of business, then then what kind of choice would the consumers have? So that right. th- that's dumb. The, choice, um, the, the suggestion there is that everyone has a right to buy satellite programming. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the likelihood increase of prices uh, means, you know, that somehow somebody else, if, if the two merge, that somebody else wouldn't get in and compete in the arena. Well, right, because if prices go up, then that creates a market opportunity sure. for someone to jump into the game. And excuse me, I, I misspoke. Uh, the, the idea there is that, you know, the, the, the uh, consumer groups are suggesting that everyone should have the right to choose between two satellite providers. Mm-hmm. So because one company put the money out there to put up equipment in the sky at the cost of probably hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't know what they spent. It was probably not cheap, though. It's a whole I mean, they lot. Haven't, they haven't recouped it in, in 10 years with millions of customers, so it's, it's a lot of money. The idea that because one company put that uh, investment up there means that consumers must have a second company to come and put up put the same equipment up there and compete because otherwise it'd be uncompetitive or monopolistic and it's just it's just a misunderstanding of what a monopoly is. The government should make somebody start another competing company. That's what I was wondering. I mean, if if one of the companies goes That's out of business, That's what they're essentially saying. Right. I mean, is that <laughs> what they'll do? But you it, know, it let's just say there's two companies and one goes out of business. Those subscribers of that company, their hardware is essentially useless whereas if the That's two true. combine, they can make it compatible where where the the hardware may be able to to uh to still work. Right. Even if well, if one of them does go out of business. This that's what will happen. One of them will go out of business. If the merger is not allowed. If the merger is not allowed and then the the winner, the one that's able to hold its breath the longest Mm-hmm. will buy the equipment and the customer base because that's these things are these are assets that are worth something from the loser and the stockholders of yeah. the loser will then um you know a- after everybody who works there has already taken their little bit um to recoup anything that you know to get as much money out of the company the skeleton of the company that's um the cadaver of the company that's left over then the stockholders will get a you know t- pennies on the dollar of their investment so 
they're not changing anything but with these stupid rules. And it's, it's, it's sort of this Luddite mentality that everything's going to remain the same. Um, and it's so, so prevalent with the, uh, the, the, the sort of lefty, greeny types out there that everything's mm-hmm. supposed to be the same. That, there, um, that somehow there's only ever going to be two companies that compete in satellite radio. Ever, ever. <laughs> no new ones will come. No old ones will die. Nothing ever changes. Yeah, and then somehow the people that purchase um, satellite radio now, today, will purchase it tomorrow. Well, if, if that were so, then why wouldn't the uh, companies here just increase their prices from um, a subscription of $20 a month or $10 a month or whatever it is, I don't know, to $100 a month? Why not $1,000 a month? Because these people are obviously have chains around their necks and have to buy this service, don't they? No, they don't. They can drop off any old time Right. So they have a choice in the marketplace between the company that ex- the monopolistic company that exists and not purchasing satellite radio, for God's sake. I don't have it to you. Nope, sure don't. Don't have it, don't want it. I've heard, uh, yeah, I don't want it either because I don't want to pay to listen to radio. I don't need I don't need another check, at, another bill in my life. Yeah, and also I have not heard good things about the audio quality. From what I understand is that, now I, I know I was in a car with it today and uh, the audio quality is fine except for a spot where it stopped for about a second. Oh, it, it, it dropped down. Yeah, well, for, somebody like you probably wouldn't notice, Mark, but somebody like me who's a bit more of an audiophile, we probably would take note. Uh, and, and maybe you were on the right I'm channels, but l- let me explain briefly to you. No, I didn't suggest you were. Okay. Uh, let me explain briefly how these satellite companies work, and it works for TV, too. They launch a they launch a satellite up there, and it only has so much bandwidth, right? It's like your you know it's like your uh, your cable modem connection. It, it only has so much bandwidth. Actually, that's not true. They can uncap your cable modem, and you can have a whole lot more bandwidth. But anyway, uh, there, there's only so many transponders on the satellite, and mm-hmm. it's not worth sending someone up to add more to it. It's just cheaper to just launch another you know launch another satellite. Uh, so they they max out their capacity at at certain number. Of, uh, of 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 a bandwidth, but they can fit a whole bunch of channels into that same bandwidth. So, if they have ten channels on that bandwidth, they're going to sound great. You could have ten channels running completely uncompressed over you know uh, th- that particular satellite versus a hundred channels with compression. When they take the compression algorithms and they work you know their magic on a hundred channels of audio to squeeze it down into the same range that would normally uh, be ten channels of uncompressed audio. You'll start to hear things. You'll start to hear digital artifacts in in what you're listening to. The more the compression increases, the more noticeable the artifacts become. Go online and listen to Internet streaming. Go listen to the difference between a 128-kilobit stream and a 28-kilobit stream. Essentially, the difference between a dial-up stream and a broadband stream. Anybody that's ever listened to that can tell you there's a huge difference there. Now, I'm not saying XM sounds like dial-up. Obviously, if it did, they wouldn't sell any subscriptions. So they have a balancing act that they have to, that they have to do. Some channels are going to be more popular than others. So this is what they do in the world of TV. Channels that aren't that popular, like the Sci-Fi Channel, for instance, are relegated to, like, the third tier. So they have different tiers where the popular channels have a plenty of, you know, they're, they're okay. They're, they're not too compressed. They're uh, compressed just enough to where they, they can save space and nobody can notice the compression. But then the the third tier and second tier channels that aren't as popular, well, since not as many people are watching, they can cut costs a little bit and compress them even more to Mm -hmm. fit more channels into the same space. Because the big selling point of the satellite services is channels, channels. Now, of course... You won't listen to 98% of them. Absolutely not. I don't, you know, I don't care anything about the Samba channel on uh, a station on 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 the XM radio. Right. So 
So because that's their selling point, they have this, uh, you know, this mentality of we must cram more channels. And you can only cram so much before your bandwidth is just not there anymore to support it. And so people that are into audio probably would take note of of something like that with mm. the with the satellite people. And of course you don't you don't get local advertisers either, so you don't know who supports the programs I that like you like. That. Yeah, you don't if you like a certain show and it's available on your local your local talk stations, you don't know which businesses in the area are behind that show because it's all national, you know, it's all Coke and Pepsi and stuff mm. on uh, on XM. That said, uh, we'd love to get our show on there. Anyway, 800-259-9231. So the consumer groups in this story, Mark, and and I don't know if you – I'm looking at the exact same story you have here. The sad part is that you've got all these quotes about monopolies and, you know, how they're uncompetitive and this is a bad thing and consumers should look out and we can't allow this to happen. And the the most shocking thing to me is that these quotes, some of them are coming from – Consumer Reports. The Consumers Union, a nonprofit consumer advocacy group and the publisher of Consumer Reports, was among the angered groups. According to their spokesman, we think that approval of the deal is plainly absurd. I would defy anyone to find a situation where consumers have benefited from monopolies in the past. I'm sorry, Mr. Williams, you are not describing monopoly here. A monopoly means you don't have any other choice. It means it's your only option. And people don't have a right to go and have satellite audio. So their other choice is no audio or radio stations or MP3 players or CDs or cassettes or all of the other different audio options out there. It's ludicrous to suggest that this in any way is a monopoly. Well, I, I, I don't know. That I, I disagree. I think that it is by its definition a monopoly in the sense that, um, you know, in the area of satellite radio, you have no other choices. However, there are plenty of radio choices as to the, the music box in your car. That's true. Because that mostly that's what this is um, is used for. Businesses can benefit from ha- from using it because there's no commercial on the uh, radio ch- channels, and that way you don't have, I don't know, your competition playing a commercial in your uh, you know, showroom for a different car in your car dealership or something like that. And people on the road can benefit because they can listen to what they want uh, uninterrupted. And I think it, this behooves us explaining briefly the difference between a market-based monopoly and a uh, government-approved monopoly, yes. which is a very important distinction. We'll talk about that in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features there are free, so enjoy them on us. Uh, and those features include the bulletin board system. Get interactive with over 340,000 posts. Lots to talk about there, and it's all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. The world's largest machine gun shooting military gun show is April the 11th through the 13th at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family. That's right. Machine guns, flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides at 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Opens 9 a.m., $10 per person, knobcreekrange.com. That's K-N-O-B, creekrange.com. Take that, you filthy animal! <laughs> we've had some we've had some really good uh, recorded advertisements, and our podcast listeners actually don't 
uh, get the opportunity to hear those things. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we really have some killer ones, and this one is one of the best I've yeah, heard. Yeah, well, we, I've, I've, I've hooked up relatively recently. I've hooked up with a guy that produces commercials. His name's Zeus. And, uh, listener of the show. He's a listener of the show, and he also worked for uh, worked or works for a radio station mm-hmm. over in um, the Chicago area. He's, he's, I've heard he's, he's looking for a gig here in New Hampshire. Yeah, he's big time, but he's a Free State Project member, you know, and um, he's got just a really great voice and does uh, great production, and he, and he can, and he's willing, because it's the show, to uh, take what normally are peanuts, very, very high prices. <laughs> I, like, this guy's done movie trailers and stuff. He's got, he's got one of those voices. I can't even wow. imitate it. In a world where, you know, one yeah, of those, yeah, yeah, yeah. in a world that's been turned upside down, you know, right, one of those right. kind of voices, dramatic, yeah, very much so. And he, he does such great production and it's, it's, it's nice to have him doing them. Uh, you know, I so that's one of the reasons why the commercials have gotten better in some ways. Yeah, that's true. There's definitely been an increase in quality, though. Some of them still need some work. Anyway, 800-259-9231, so keep your ears open for that one. It's got the gun blast at the end of it, which is just wonderful. Uh, all right, so XM, Sirius, combining together. Is it a monopoly? What is a monopoly? Well, guess what? They don't tell you the truth in government school. That's right. Even private schools, they don't. In business school, I, I didn't learn the difference between a coercive monopoly and a market monopoly. Yeah, all they tell you is that the monopoly is when there's one place you can go to get something, right? Right. When there's one uh, one product or service provider, you have a monopoly. And that may be true, I suppose. But, but think about it for a second, though. Um, the Toyota dealership in your town, well, if your town's small enough, there's only one Toyota dealership. Don't they have a monopoly on, on Toyotas? Toyotas in your town? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, if you drill down... Uh, what if you is the monopoly? How right. how far do you have to segment right. this uh, out in order for it to be a monopoly? Because they sure are segmenting here. I mean, you're talking right. about audio, the realm of audio entertainment in general, but then they drill down to satellite-delivered audio entertainment. Oh, this will be the only company out there. Right. Woe is us. But the box in your car, can many of them play MP3s, they play uh, CDs, it plays... The radio, mm-hmm. it plays AM dial and FM dial. Some of them have a weather band, uh, HD, them, which no one cares about. Right? Some of it was a shortwave. There's all kinds of things that can go come out of that box in your car. Cassettes. The, I, I had a Cadillac with a with an eight track. Um, yeah. You know, so there's there's all kinds of audio options. This is not a you know monopoly in that sense. Right. And the difference between a, a, a market based monopoly and a real monopoly, a government approved monopoly, is that. As we were talking about before, if XM and Sirius do combine and there's only one satellite audio company out there, then anybody else in a free market situation can launch their own satellite and launch their own service. That's right, and they that's are not exactly restricted. what's going to happen. Maybe that's what's well, going to happen. If, if if there's one company and they're providing the service, what the what the consumer, some might argue it's outdated technology and that you know why why Max is going to you're right you're right that, that's quite a quite a possibility. But if it continues on in the future, um, and you know somehow they're able to compete, then the consumer advocacy groups are correct. The prices will go up because well there's no one out there to compete with them in that same arena. They're offering an exclusive service. Then somebody will, because the profit margins will increase. That's right. And part of capitalism is is liquidating uh, inefficient companies. Uh, there's a cleansing process. So when you come into a time period economically where there isn't as much disposable income available to the consumer, well, companies like that that are more of a luxury are going to fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And, and so yep. if you try to prop them up artificially, you're throwing good money after bad. You have to let inefficient, ineffective businesses go, go out, out of business. Go, go out of right. business. And, Creative uh, destruction? Yes. And, and you know, uh, having heard the quotes here from Consumer Reports on this particular story, um, 
I'd cancel my damn subscription well, if I was I, a subscriber. I well, maybe. I, I think they offer a good service. But it shows that here's a consumer advocacy, advocacy group that doesn't understand economics. Right. So we divide. So, therefore, there's room in the marketplace for a consumer advocacy group. Like uh, a libertarian to, one. Right. To publish, uh, uh, to, to publish a magazine that does understand economics and drive consumer reports, which is clearly a company of socialist, uh, big government statists. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's a they, market. They, they provide a great service, mind you. Uh, Generally, I think they do a good job. Yeah. Sure. I, when I'm looking for things, I look at like I said, reports. I was shocked to hear them say those things. But so market monopoly is where a company. The only way this can exist is if a company provides such great service, great products, to where there is no opportunity there for another person. To where the company has satisfied all of its customers to the point where those customers, yeah. I'll keep coming back there. Man, lowest prices in town, best damn service, awesome. If you've got a company that's that good, then, you know, maybe no one else will jump into the game. But as soon as they change, and by the way, that doesn't ever happen in the marketplace. There's always somebody out there sniffing around for an opportunity and ready to jump in. But in theory, theoretically, it could happen. And so as long as the marketplace is free and anyone else is free to start up and compete in that same industry... It's not a real monopoly. It's a market monopoly. Now, the real monopoly you need to be afraid of and frightened of is a government-approved monopoly. A coercive monopoly. Coercive monopoly is a better term for it. Thank you. And that means that the government has said, this is it, citizens. You will choose your power from one provider, and it is this one. Redetermine what your choices are. Right. Your electricity will come from... This power company. Now, to be fair, you can go and get solar panels, and there are off-the-grid options, but they're pretty right. prohibitively expensive. And the fact is, if you want to start your own electric company, you will be prevented by state law, by the government people who will stop you from making those investments and building those facilities. And water companies, cable companies. If it um, if it runs through a tube or uh, along a, an electrical uh, along a uh, you know electrical line uh, along the side of the road. They're regulating it. You can believe it. You know, now, there are some places in the country where they don't, but it's rare. You very, up, very rare. And you're you going to br- pay higher prices, too. No doubt. You brought up the uh, cable company, Mark. That's a classic example of a government-approved monopoly. Right. And the worst uh, one out there, because it's not like you... There's broadcast television you can get. I mean, cable companies, oh, y- you won't oh, die without one. And this ties back into right. what we were talking about before... Remember back in the 80s when they had those huge dishes in some people's yards? Right, C-band, C-band dishes. dishes. Yeah. They're 12 uh, feet long, usually, for My a good one. My friend had one. I thought it was just the most amazing thing back there. Right. And, uh, you know, people that were somewhat wealthy were able to afford these things, and so they started to buy them. And the cable companies got very upset because cable was, you know, it was all relatively new on the scene. And cable, they had their agreement with the... the uh, the local the localities the local governments that locked them in as the only television service provider in a given area and so they got very upset that the marketplace was working around the restrictions so because another company couldn't come in and create another cable company they put their resources into alternate methods of delivery satellite so c-band was born and what happened across the country in various different areas not everywhere but across the country localities municipalities banned C-band dishes. They banned dishes over a certain amount of inches. That's why the marketplace developed the little dishes that you see today. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. And if they hadn't done that, imagine how awful your cable company would be. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. 
For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those, including the updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something fresh you need to know about the show, go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Lose 25 pounds and just up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet. Check out this amazing doctor-recommended cleanse. Go to ftldiscount.com. They've got testimonials there. You can find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. We go to your phone calls. Talk to Bill in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Bill. Bill. Hey, Bill. Hello. Yes, guys. How you guys doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to make two quick points on this uh, serious XM uh, debate. Um, and my first point is this, these oppositional groups that uh, are against the merger, they're pointing the finger at the wrong monopoly. If they want to start blaming monopolies, they need to start pointing it in the direction of the RIAA. Case in point, hmm. Sirius Satellite, XM Satellite, entered the realm really early in the game when it came to providing satellite service. Okay. Uh, the RIAA basically had their heads in the sand about this technology. It's kind of like, oh, okay, another radio station, blah, 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 blah. Then they started seeing how much money these guys could potentially make mm. and decided they needed their hands in their pot. Then they started imposing these ridiculous legislative techniques to try to prohibit them from developing certain products, like uh, I guess it was either serious or XM that came out with the the audio version of a DVR. The oh, RIAA. really? A uh, yeah. digital video recorder where you can time shift programming and record things and, and play it back later on a hard drive, which uh, many people are familiar with. It's called TiVo, usually in the world of, uh, of television. So they came up with that for, uh, for their satellite service, huh? Right. They, uh, they came up with some kind of device like that. And when they went to go market it in the free market, the RIAA said, oh, wait a minute, no, we can't do that because we're afraid that the people are going to pirate our artist's music. And we can't have that. We're combating that problem on the Internet front. We don't, I don't need know. that on the... I, I see where to... you're coming from, and I'm with you, but I don't know if monopoly is the right term for the RIAA. It's more like well, no, a powerful on. lobbying, politically connected lobbying group. Wait, hold on, hold on. I'm getting, okay. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting right. into that. Hold on. Yeah. But the point I was making at, at, with the with Sirius and XM was that they were already playing the game, okay? And then the RIAA started to stick their nose where it obviously didn't belong. Right. That, what this did was it had trickle-down effect with other satellite providers such as DISH and DirecTV, who might have had the concept of rivaling those two big guys if it wasn't for the meddling of the RIAA. Hmm. Do you think the do you think that the, that the corporate headquarters of DISH or uh, uh, DirecTV want to tangle with the RIAA after seeing what they've been har- doing to harass XM and, and uh, Sirius? Not uh, particularly, not. They, they, wouldn't want to, they don't want anything to do with that. So Interesting. It's the, RI, the RIAA, in, in a sense, that's making satellite radio this so-called uh, free market monopoly. 
not those two guys themselves. It's the RIAA that's prohibiting the additional competitors from getting into the marketplace. Wow, interesting yeah. observation. I was not aware of that particular story. So they've essentially cracked down uh, using the uh, the arm of the arms of the government to prevent uh, the satellite companies from developing their business from Correct. innovating. Correct. Now this brings me to a second point. Now I'm going to bash the free market just a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm an equal opportunity basher. Okay, you get bash back. Let's get let's yep. go. <laughs> well, okay, okay. The free market. In, uh, the, uh, in case I want to bring up here is Time Warner. Time Warner is sitting on a gold mine, and they don't even know it. They, when, they, when they merged, or however you want to say it, with America Online back in 99, mm-hmm. AOL had a, a technology called Shoutcast. You probably have heard of it. I yeah, know Ian has. It. Okay. Um, why doesn't Time Warner utilize this technology, still sitting on it? Why don't they happily maybe open uh, open up a platform to where we can uh, work with other radio provider uh, radio unit providers I'm talking about hardware wise making the you know getting them all together making shoutcast compatible devices so that we could you know, we don't have to worry about what's going on with satellite radio we can just go in our cars turn on the the receiver and get whatever stream we want to pull down. If we want to pull down freetalklive.com. Well, you, you need internet for that, and internet usually isn't available in cars, at least not yet. You can well, get it over a, over a cell phone signal, that much is true, but you're right, the devices haven't been uh, developed, and it, you're not talking about a failure of the free market here, you're just simply talking about one particular company that isn't right. investing in the areas you think it should invest in, but it's their company and they can do what they want with it. There are companies out there that are developing what you're talking about. There is a, uh, there's a, a, a company out there, I think it's called Receiva. And, or at least that's the uh, the specification. I, I'm not sure if it's if, if it's company or just specs, but either way, uh, Free Talk Live is available on these Receiva-based devices. Different different companies can take these specifications from Receiva and plug them into their uh, their radio devices. In many cases, uh, what we're talking about is the internet radio, basically. And they they sell these internet radios. Now they don't do it for cars yet, but that's coming because you know more internet wireless is is coming. But for now, you can buy this little radio-looking thing, and uh, you can tune through literally thousands of Internet streams. You can also download MP3s onto this device without even really realizing that's what you're doing. So we actually have a uh, an XML feed on our website that goes out to these receiver devices. I don't know if anyone's listening to them, but if there are people out there, Free Talk Live is available on them. So there are companies out there doing that. So that's absolutely not a shot against the free market at all. It's just a shot against a, uh, a behemoth of a company. And you should know that the bigger a company gets, the more bureaucratic it becomes. The a less... lot of companies have, are scared to death of the Internet. The Internet... Uh, well, Time know, Warner is an Internet provider. Right, but but still, they, we've been told that the Internet was going to, you know, for so many companies, was going to be this great way to, you know, increase revenue. Many companies thought that advertising would be, you know, that they'd just, they'd just do the same old advertising model that they mm-hmm. did on the Internet. Um, that they did previously on the internet, and that hasn't worked. A lot of companies have lost a great deal of money. Companies have gone belly up. And, um, investors uh, and, and venture capital firms have lost billions of dollars on the internet, and some companies are scared. Yeah, a lot of this innovation requires people that have a fresh viewpoint. It requires people that you know haven't been in one business for years and years that are just right. now starting and see that opportunity and go after it. And Many people of these old companies, they don't have that motivation. They know what they want from the internet as opposed to, you know, there's a lot of people out there that use the internet for email. 
that's, that's all they get, email back and forth. They don't really understand how there can, can be profits generated this way. And, you know, it's, it's, it's room for new and younger people to come in and make money. Bill, your response? Well, you know, I, I'll, I'll throw it out there. If there's any Time Warner executives listening to this feed, uh, I'll gladly take over the CEO position myself. And, <laughs> and uh, we'll get things started. Thanks for the call tonight, Bill. We appreciate it. 1-800-259-9231. The things he's talking about are coming. They're coming. So just be patient. They're on the way. And, uh, of course, radio stations really should be concerned about this. Uh, because satellite radio, radio acts like it's a big scary thing, but it's really, it's not. They're not really that much competition to radio stations. I think that, you know, like the aggregate of people that are listening to us, any one given satellite radio channel at any given time uh, is nothing in comparison to radio's top markets and who might be listening to a radio station there. Because if they have millions of people listening to Sirius or XM, but then you divvy that up by who's listening at any given time and by 170 channels or whatever, right. you've got, you know, handfuls you know, of people. thousand people maybe listening to uh, to a station. Yeah. Whereas in a big market, you'll have... You can have several hundred thousand, if not millions. I, I, I can tell you, in a week's time, um, in Sarasota, Florida, which was the 77th market, I think. I, I think that's what it is now. It was actually closer to the 80th market then. It's, it's growing. Um, the, the listenership for Oldies 108 was like 60 to 80,000 in a given week. So there, there, there you have an idea of what uh, just in the, uh, a mid-sized market was. 800-259-9231. Radio's really got to get its game together, though. And the one organization you want to talk about monopolies that's really holding radio back is the FCC. The, the radio could be really innovative. It could be really original. And some stations try, and they do a pretty good job, especially the ones that carry Free Talk Live. Uh, and, and the FCC doesn't need to be reformed. It needs to be removed. Abolished, absolutely. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy them on us. And if you like the show want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever you're buying in 41 categories, you can... You can even download stuff, and we'll get a cut. So if you buy uh, MP3s and download them, Free Talk Live gets uh, actually a pretty decent cut. I think it's like 10%. So head on over and get your shopping done, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We continue with your phone calls. Dave in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Dave, New Hampshire. Going hey, Dave. Once. Dave in New Hampshire. Where are you, Dave? twice. Let's no. try Jeff in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live, Jeff. Jeff? Yeah, hey, guys. What's um, on your mind? Yeah, I wanted to talk about a Pentagon, actually several Pentagon war games. Well, a couple of them anyways. And I'd like to make a point after I describe what they're doing. Um, a couple of the games are Graham Metric and Graham Metric 2. And basically these war games are against American citizens. And what they do is, you know, they involve looting in Washington, D.C., uh, they had 10,000 people begin firebombing and looting in New York City, and, you know, among... Uh, wait, 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 wait. You're not saying they actually firebombed anything. That was just the scenario they created? Yeah, that's just the game that they're playing at the Pentagon, the Army. Okay. Uh, and, you know, this didn't really happen. It's just a computer game that the Pentagon and the Army's playing. And, you know, basically this was a nationwide deal. That, and, and before it ended, uh, it was a three-day event, this this game, and our border 
with Canada had been sealed off. Parts of Miami had been burned to the ground. Policemen were killed and National Guard alerted in 15 different cities and Army troops quelled, uh, you know, all over the country. Okay. And, you know, this, again, this was a three-day event, and Grand Metric 2 was a secret war game exercise directed by the Army and the National Guard and also the Department of Justice and also involved local and state authorities. And so what about big, it? I mean, we know they run these exercises. I mean, they've been doing that for a long time. Why is this notable? Well, my point is this, but the most significant thing about one of the parts, one of the games was it was programmed to reflect a national conspiracy of about 5,000 subversives and uh, who flew around the country forming uh, riots, you know, revolutionaries programmed to jam police radio communications and, and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And, and basically, uh, it also shows that they targeted people for their political beliefs or ethnic backgrounds. And it really, so what did they do? I mean, what did they it, do? It really quite concerns me that the, of course, the the Posse Consumus Act is is saying that you can't use the military against private citizens. Also, a federal law stating that. But I wanted to point out that, of course, after manipulating variables in a computer game like they've done and and they are doing, you know, these players are tempted to start manipulating real life events, and that's what we have to worry about. So, you, and so it bothers I, you that they're training for something that they feel might be coming about? Well, I, you know, um, I, none of these things have ever happened. I mean, you know, they had different protests and, and um, um, you know, against the war back in the 60s and the 70s. And, of course, you know, none of these things ever happened. And, of course, you know, the real, the real riots, which actually did occur in the United States, were... Uh, you know, the military should not be preparing for this kind of thing. You know, the urban riots of the 60s were... Um, You're saying this is a military-only exercise and that it's none of the, the military's business to even be preparing for these things? That's what I'm saying, because it's in violation of the Posse Contumus Act. And yeah, but, the yeah but they've pretty much gotten rid of the Posse Comitatus Act at, uh, at this point, and uh, well, it's, it's all gone. It's, it's, there's still a federal law. I think it's Title 18, United States yeah, Code. Yeah, law schmaw. It's just words on paper. Obviously, they don't care about their own laws. So no, that's true. Bush is violating the federal laws every day. There you go. right about that. Jeff, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Doesn't matter what the law says. That's right. And the Democrats are going along with it, too. Right. And I agree with Jeff. I mean, if you're going to have a military, at least the Founding Fathers made it pretty clear that they shouldn't be around except when they're needed in order right. to d- defend the country. The which... Constitution is not clear, but it's sort of um, it, it's clear what they meant, but they weren't clear in stating that you couldn't do this, is that the, uh, the, the army has to be sort of re-upped every two years. Well... They've just been somebody's just been filing paperwork every two years to to re-up the army. Right, it's I mean, only supposed can you to be imagine bar- us not having a standing army in this country? It, well, that's what the founding that fa- that's how that's what the Constitution says. That's how it was. And yeah. as far as I'm concerned, well, that's what the Constitution alludes to. And as far as I'm concerned, if that's the rule book of the uh, of the nation, why are we doing something otherwise? Because it's not the rule book. The of founding the fathers anything. knew that a, um, a a a standing army could would be used by those in power to secure their power over those who are not, and that means the citizenry, and they had just fought a um, a, a bloody uh, revolutionary war against a country, the largest, uh, one of the largest empires in the world at the time, that kept a standing army and used, um, you know, would hire mercenaries, Hessians, um, to to fight their wars for them. 
you know, if this is true and, and they're preparing for this, what would prompt this to happen? Obviously, economic collapse. There's, there's a few things that could, ha- could cause people to riot in the streets like this mm-hmm. in major cities, which is... Uh, if you can't get food, for instance. Then. Yes. And people don't realize how fragile our supply lines are in this country when you have these 3,000-mile Caesar salads, for example, uh, that come from California here. Yeah. Well, the truckers are talking about a strike. I've yeah. had that sitting in the show prep for a couple of days. We haven't gotten a chance to get to. Someone called in recently about it. So I understand where Jeff is coming from. It's certainly concerning, but, hey, it's the federal government. They do whatever they want, right? That's what they do. So the Constitution, it is just a GDP piece of paper. At least that's how they treat it. So why should we treat it any differently? It's certainly not a set of rules for you and I. At least, at least you could make the argument the Constitution is a set of rules for the government. That is what it is. But they don't follow their own rules. So how is it that any of us are obliged to follow theirs, the ones they write for us? I don't know. We're not. 800-259-9231. We try. One more time, Dave in New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Oh, thanks, guys. Did you have a try for me earlier? We did. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, I apologize. I stepped away for a second during a commercial. But listen, I wanted to let you know I uh, obtained some exclusive video yesterday of the famous uh, dog walker incident during the Brown standoff. Ed and Elaine Brown, the, uh, the, the folks that were holding off the federal government from uh, confiscating them and taking them to a jail cell, uh, one of their supporters was shot at. You said you saw the footage or you obtained the footage? I obtained it and aired it a few hours ago on RidleyReport.com. So what happened in there? Can you give us an executive summary? Yeah, basically, uh, you know, this this uh, this man uh, discovered federal agents hiding in the woods while they were either surveilling or preparing a raid against the Brown home, um, and um, the dog kind of discovered them. And anyway, when when that happened, uh, you know, he, he uh, these men came, you know, jumping up out of the woods with firearms <laughs> and uh, told him to freeze. Instead, he ran for his life, and it's all right there on video. Uh, wow. Although it's not really very high quality. From from whose perspective is it? The uh, the the man who ran or the cops? No, the uh, the feds shot it. Huh. Wow. Did somebody and, uh, somebody leak it, Dave? Uh, well, I I can't say specifically at this time where I got the video, how I got it. I see. That's wow, even more cool. exciting. Yeah. So you can see it exclusively at RidleyReport.com. Because I remember when that originally happened, people were wondering whether or not the individual who was in question was telling the truth or was he a... Uh, you know, right. Whether, we, we, I think we even questioned it a little bit here. There right. Was, there was some, some sort of... Uh, it was a little weird. Whether he was a federal plant and it yeah. was just you know a big story they cooked up. Well, but you're saying and it's and real. If you, were, if you were staying out the Browns, sort of camping there, as many people were at that time, wouldn't it be fun to be the only guy in the woods who saw some federal agents while I was walking the dog? It certainly beats the story of hey i was out walking the dog and i saw a chipmunk you know um, you know i'm not i'm not the expert on all this but i haven't found anything i haven't found any discrepancies between his story and what i saw in the video yeah well i mean if it's not true if it was fabricated they really have gone through some serious steps i mean the guy's in jail he's in court you know is in court today or whatever uh, on these charges so i mean they're they're certainly masquerading him as though he's one of the you know one of the brown supporters uh, and they've got video of it, and he's actually facing jail time. So what are they going to do? Convict him, and then just kind of kind of squirrel him away? I suppose it's possible. No, it's, I, that's way it's within their resources. Real. But yeah, um, it's conspiracy land, basically. Yeah, the, the video actually sitting in jail. Them, the video actually shows them firing at least one round. Very good. I don't know what type of ordinance they were firing. Thanks for the call, and keep up the good work, as always. Uh, it, the 
you know, intrepid the, reporter Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. In the world of, uh, of of sort of undercover cops, I don't think any undercover cop is going to sit in jail for two or three or uh, how long have brown people been in there? Six months? Several months now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, for a undercover gig. That just doesn't make any sense. Well, how do you know they're really in jail? Uh, right. Uh, nobody, there's no Secret way to know house. for sure. Safe house. Uh, they, uh, why would they be in a safe house? So no one knows that they're not in jail, but why, there's someone Why wouldn't they be in safe? Oregon? I don't know. Because you got to take them into uh, court at some point, make a public appearance. Yeah, but nobody would. Uh, you, they'd have a different name if they were a federal agent. It's, you know, they're proposing to be as this person, but then in fact they are this other guy. So they'd just be doing their job. Yeah, and he has family members too, and then you'd have to buy off all the family members and have them lie too. It'd be we're speculating. We're speculating. Yeah. But it has been yeah. in here with you. It's Wayne too. And Mark. We'll return tomorrow night. You can join us online at the in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.